0: How's it going ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Goose Gossip Podcast, I'm your host Levi Gurke. I have an Instagram page that keeps you updated on all new episodes as well as upcoming things. I'd like to take this time to thank my sponsors, first being Webfoot Waterfall, they make an absolutely amazing lanyard, so if you are in the need for a lanyard, go to their website webfootwaterfall.com So if you purchase through Webfoot, make sure to use the code GOOSE15, that's the code GOOSE15, it will give you 15% off their lanyards. Also, go check out Ultimate Automotive Mobile Detailing. Tristan does a tremendous work. If you're from the Mitchell, South Dakota region or nearby and want your vehicle brought back to new, give him a call at 605-933-9020. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the Goose Gossip Podcast. Hope you all enjoy and take care. go welcome back folks to another episode of the goose gossip podcast and on the line today with me is matt wolf matt how does it go my man
1: down the days so we can finally get in the blind
0: shoot i had you muted there for a second i got you in the whole intro and i was an idiot and i had you on the mute
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know i didn't hear any of the intro i was like huh um i wonder what's taking so long right
0: shit sorry um how does it go matt (laughs)
1: It's going pretty good. Uh, we're in the dog days of summer. The fishing hasn't been very good this past week. So I'm just counting down the days till Canada at this point.
0: Ooh, yeah. I was talking to you earlier, I think this week or last week, and um, I got a kind of jealous when you were saying that you're going to be running up to Canada because everybody's been itching at the bit to get up there. And, and hearing that, you know, a young person like yourself, I'm pretty jealous, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I got the call last week Why? I actually messaged uh ben webster up in kansas i kind of messaged him and i was like hey you know i haven't ever been to canada before i'm willing to you know because normally you don't you don't start out as a guide most places you start out as a scout and like a bird cleaner you kind of got to work your way up and so i kind of told him i was like i'm willing to you know clean birds scout I can take pictures for you, whatever you want me to do. And he's like, I would love to have you, you know, but I can't. And so uh, I got hooked up with with Kel at Blackjack Outfitters. And he was like, yeah, man, I I could really use a guide. And so I was like, well, that's kind of hard to say no to that. So, yeah, this will be my first year up to Canada. So it'll be a, a little bit, not like heartbreaking, but it'll be a little bit weird going up there for the first time. And I don't think I'll pull the trigger probably. I don't know most of the, you, you 100% can't hunt with a gun when you're guiding. Right. Not really, uh, sure about, uh, fun days and stuff like that. I don't imagine we'll get a whole lot of fun days, but yeah, I, I'm pumped to be hunting ducks and geese in the, uh, the motherland, the granddaddy of them all.
0: (laughs) When do you leave for, for Canada then?
1: We'll leave August 27th to go up there and set up camp. And I think our, I don't think, our first clients are opening day, September first. So I think our first clients are September second. So we'll have three or four days to kind of uh, scout and get stuff, get the lodge ready to go, all that, all that good stuff.
0: And gather we'll, yourself down there or up there, sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've heard that the drought uh, up there even is kind of bad. So uh, I'm really hoping that there's still potholes and sluice because I'm, I'm a duck guy through and through. Yeah, you can give me. I, I love killing killing geese. I guess when it comes to dry fields, I I should specify that when it comes to dry fields, I'll take a duck hunt over a goose hunt every single day of the week.
0: See that I've heard that a lot more recently. It's just like a lot of people like that those big spins or those big groups of ducks coming in. And I I mean I'm I mean I'm not too fond of it. I mean I'd rather pick geese, but that's just like the opinion yeah. opinion side of things. But I mean, dry fields yeah. uh, up in Canada. I mean I don't know i'd I'd fight for anything up there,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh one hundred percent, even where we do our guide service out in western nebraska uh it's not uncommon for us to hunt a feed of like thirty thirty thousand mallards, and we'll we'll bust into every single group is five hundred to a thousand like that. <laughs> Wow. We can kill a lot of big geese in January but you ain't gonna bust into groups of 500 to a thousand big geese That's the only reason that's i I've, I've slowly fell in love with lesser hunting as well dude just because once it's once you get that front flock the first four or five the whole four or five hundred is coming and it's it, it gets my heart freaking pumping dude absolutely throbbing. Yeah, the, uh, don't I, get me wrong a, a big old goose responding back to the calls does too because like lessers you're calling to them and you are speaking with them but for me it, ju- it kind of just feels like that that little dog that <laughs> is tiny but still just is like a, a, right. a. that's what i imagine little geese as they're just that little dog with big dog syndrome they just love to freaking bark now you're fr-
0: you're from <laughs> nebraska right
1: Yep, from out in Scotts Bluff. We're only about three hours from Denver.
0: Have you lived there your whole life then?
1: Yeah, I I have. Uh, I grew up out there, and then my freshman year of college, I moved out to Lincoln, Nebraska for school. That lasted about two years until I dropped out and started guiding, (laughs) which I do not recommend for kids out there that are 17, 18 years old. Um, I don't necessarily recommend it. I've loved it. As I'm
0: exhilarating not- as it sounds, it's not fucking what it should be.
1: <laughs> well, you know, like, and guys, guys, I think will agree with me. It's really hard to do this and have a family, especially if you want to guide full time, right? you know, and go like, I'm leaving August 27th. And if I, if I went in on it, What's sorry, that? I just seen, I just seen a squirrel with a whole entire apple in his mouth. So I'm like, what in the world? Totally. but when you start like August 27th, uh and you you could run, you know, if you did spring snows and then turkeys, you could run until May thirty first, dude. So I mean that's a long time to be like, hey, you know, don't plan any vacations or birthdays or anything like that during this time period. It's like that's half the year, dude. Right <laughs> more yeah. than half the year. <laughs> so it's it's hard to have a family um and do that. So it's not gonna I I that's we have our outfitter so i'm really hoping eventually kind of like jeff does i can kind of just own the outfitter but that's not going to be for a long time i want to guide for a long long time but uh yeah it's it's not the most financially stable decision that you can make
0: (laughs) so there's not going to be any girl that comes around and and changes your mind in the flick of a switch not at all
1: Uh, i actually have a girlfriend i'm really really lucky uh and she she supports me and she puts up with me luckily
0: (laughs) well there you go well then you got nothing to lose now just keep going and fighting for it then
1: no yeah that's when I got the job offer I kind of uh I I talked with her about it and I made sure she was okay with it you know because I told her I I told her I was like you know you're not you're not worth losing over it but it is my dream and she's like it's your dream like i i wouldn't live with myself if i told you not to go so I was like all right i knew you were a keeper <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you so what so. are you most pumped about going up there is it is it the experience or is it just canada in general
1: dude hunting birds that are not pressured that's my i'm so pumped bro like where where we are the North Platte, where I grew up hunting the North Platte River, there's that's it. Like there, people don't hunt cow. We don't have cattle ponds and stuff like that. Uh, so we, there the roost, there's like three or four roosts, um, and that's the same roost all year. Our river doesn't ever freeze. I've never ever seen it freeze solid. So we don't. We'll lose the lessers, and we will lose that very first push of ducks, like the end of October, beginning of November ducks. We'll lose those. But anything we get from, like, Thanksgiving on, we're not going to lose. Wow. I mean, we're we're sub-desert, so we get 10 inches of rain, snow, combined a year. So, really, really, uh, it's very uncommon for us to have, like, a foot of snow on the ground. So, if we ever do, that's when you see ginormous piles. Like, if you go back to, like, the grind episode, or, like, season six and seven, I think, when they're in Nebraska, that's the county that I hunt in. So, I... I, I, hunt all of that kind of stuff.
0: So you, so you're going to be coming back for your season and, and guiding back to oh, yeah. Nebraska as well then, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fully booked already in Nebraska. So how I've been really blessed, uh, with dive bomb and Asher has helped me out a ton, man. Uh, we got really lucky. He hit me when I was on like, like a God streak of killing ducks. Like we literally killed a limit. Oh, like seven or eight days in a row. I think we killed almost 300. Like it was absolutely stupid, dude. My buddy called me. He didn't even call me. He sent me a video of the first day. He's like, hey, took my girlfriend out on her first duck hunt ever. And this is what happened. And it was like probably 10,000 mallards landing in the decoys. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm like on my way. And it hadn't even snowed yet. And while I'm on my way down there, it's just snowing. I'm like snowing really bad. And where we're from, like I said, sub desert, snow equals dead ducks, like 100%. So I'm jacked, dude. Like, I'm rolling out there. We kill a limit two days in a row. And I seen on Asher's story that they kind of got stranded somewhere. And I, I messaged him, sent him the videos and stuff. I was like, hey, dude, uh, you know, I can't guarantee limits, but this is about as close as I can get. I You don't know me, but I'm 40 minutes away and all the roads are closed. But I can pull you out if you send it. And he's like, he, he immediately messaged me back. Boy, I got my dad with me. We're sending it right now. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, we'll go get set up. I'll send you the pin. And dude, we, we mushed him up. Absolutely mushed him up. We shot our limited ducks super easily. And I think we even killed like eight or 10 geese. And so ever since then, uh, I've had them out every year. And he's helped me out a ton when people are like, Hey, you know, do you have any references? I'm like, yeah, just go ahead and ask Asher. And they're like, all right, well, I don't even need to really ask you (laughs) my best. Like, all right, well, so we, I've gotten really lucky in, in that, uh, that standpoint. And I've also gotten really lucky. My co my partner, my business partner, Crager, he's the one that got me into hunting. Right. And, uh, he, he, when we were 14, he was already guiding for like the neighbors and stuff. So he's, he's got a lot of talent, especially in the calling, not just like calling, but like he just knows how to call back and forth with them. I guess it's kind of like the difference between, I don't know, I'm sure watching Joe Heinz or Scott and call, I know, I, I know I've seen Kyle and Forrest call, and it's just like, like I told you, dude, you, you almost just sit back and you just got to appreciate it almost because you're like, Oh my gosh, dude. Like it's, it's, it's pretty special. So I've gotten lucky with him. Uh, he had a full list of clients already. So when we, uh, he got me into guiding, that's why I dropped out. And, uh, we hit a point where he was like, man, all, all these guys said that they'd come to me, but they don't want to keep coming back to this guide service. This guy that owns it. He's like, I think we could do it on our own, man. And I was like, well, let's try it. You know, I've I've got nothing to lose at this point. We had like a 98% rebook from the first year. And so it kind of just happened. Just started, literally booked all the clients off of what he had and then Facebook. Since then, I've booked all my clients off of Facebook and Instagram. So I guess it's one of the few small success stories of just just kind of starting it up and rolling with it.
0: Do you expect it to just keep gaining more interest and more interest over the years then or hope to?
1: So I, I want to run with it. 100%. I, I would like to make it into, to where I uh, don't have a real job. Right. <laughs> I would love to keep expanding. And eventually I, um, I'm not planning on doing Canada forever just cause like I said, I definitely want to experience it. And I'm not going to just do it one year. I'm definitely going to do it until I feel kind of old. But eventually, you hit a point to where you want to be home for because that'll be during my girlfriend's birthday. I'll miss my brother's birthday. I'll miss all of Nebraska football, which you know we're pretty serious about around here, no matter (laughs) if we're good or bad. (laughs) No matter if we're good or bad. So, yeah, it's just not something I don't want to miss that my whole entire life. But I don't want to go my whole entire life saying I really wish I would have done that.
0: Well, another thing is, is if if you put it in hard now, like the hard effort now, then you definitely will see the succeed and be able to rest easy in the future, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So 100%. So like with everything that's going on in your life and everything of that nature, I mean, where do you see yourself even in the next five years? I mean, I know we just talked about that you want to do this for the rest of your life, but like, where does your eyes lay on exactly where you want to be, I guess?
1: Yeah. So in, in five years, that would make me 30 years old. So I envision myself in Nebraska running clients, hopefully from October 31st until February 8th or 9th for goose and ducks. And then you can, uh, You can, sorry, I had another call coming through. You can do snow geese in Nebraska, but then the turkeys in Nebraska, for some reason, dude, like, I don't know when it happened or who flipped the switch, but Nebraska out of nowhere became the best turkey hunting spot to go to in the whole entire freaking United States. I don't know how or when it happened, but like, we literally are turning away hundreds of people. So it's like, dude, we got to do it now. Like, there's, People are, dude, the price, we're charged at $1,500. Really? Yeah. To
0: shoot a and turkey? Turning
1: away, ter- turning away, to shoot two turkeys, three days, four nights. Oh, my God. And we're turning away 100 people, dude. What?
0: Because you, you, it just fills up way too fast?
1: Well, the thing is, is, it's the closest place for them Southern boys, like, A lot of them are Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Missouri. They want to kill a uh, Merriam's. They all want to kill the Merriam's, and so we're the closest place. And if you hit the right spots in Nebraska, you can get into Merriam's, Rios, and um, hybrids, like Eastern hybrids. So there's a lot of variety. And if you book it in the beginning of the season, if you follow, like, Cole Peplinski,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. dude, they (laughs) – it they they get into like flocks like giant flocks of them
0: that's what he was saying like over the yeah. hu- over 200 to 300 a flock
1: oh yeah 100 percent, dude those guys are absolute killers i'm not trying to make it sound like it's easy because they put on the freaking miles and it's not easy but they're out there um that's why so many people are willing to pay for a guide. Is because if you know where to go and you know kind of how to hunt them you can be very, very successful doing it. Very high success rate. So do
0: you, so, ever, do you it, ever, do you ever see yourself jumping out of Nebraska? Is, is or is Nebraska always going to be like your stomping grounds for a long time?
1: The only place I would go to other than Nebraska is Montana. I gotcha. But you... I don't even think I would do that because so many people are moving there. The housing market is just—it's
0: going up. It's going up almost everywhere. You can't, you can't yeah. beat it. Join it, I guess, in a, in my opinion. But yeah. I mean, don't be chasing dreams that that you're already discouraged about. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I would like to uh, do do fit do uh, fishing in the summertime too. I'm a huge fisherman. Walleye is my uh, my go to. I grew up walleye fishing, fishing. So that would be kind of a goal is to kind of start. I don't I don't have any desire to do big game. I'm sure maybe at some point I will because that's how you make really good money, honestly. <laughs> but ideally I would like to do waterfowl starting sometime around October and run run waterfowl till I guess if you did snows you'd run until like the second or third week in February. And then here we can like I think coal on a podcast or two ago he said this like you can start third week in march i think for archery turkeys so you could turkey you could guide turkeys all the way into walleye season and then do walleyes all the way until you start waterfowl again that
0: is very true
1: so yeah eventually i'd like to just be in be in the uh outdoor industry just in the guiding in the guiding business that's what i love to do it's still like i i don't know i i it's like I got a bite of it and now I gotta eat the whole thing.
0: How do you interpret it or how do you plan on doing that then? Or is it just a day 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 by day process that you choose to do?
1: For the for the fishing or for like expanding the for guiding for the rest of like basically everything.
0: guiding year round.
1: So I'm just kind of slowly putting pieces into place. Like now I've got Canada and Canada will take me take me to Halloween and then I am gonna guide like I said, I'm gonna do deer. For that guy um next next to the ranch i grew up hunting because it's easy money like literally easy money um so i've kind of got it set up now i've put into place between waterfowl and deer and i think i'm gonna help cole uh cole is starting his own turkey thing and uh i think i'm gonna like i'm not gonna like he's the sole owner and stuff but i think i might help him guide or scout or like any way he needs help i think i'm gonna help him do that in the springtime just because I, I, I'm I lucky with my job. I can just literally leave whenever I want to and just say, hey, I'll be back. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not very many people have that type of freedom. No, I so, don't. <laughs> it, eventually, I honestly am debating when I leave for Canada. Uh, I'm debating on just taking a full jump into the pool and not going back and just finding guy jobs. But – um. As for like the summertime right now, a more realistic goal, I'm going to, this, this summer we've already started buying equipment. This next summer, we're going to do lawn mowing as kind of a way to get the summers by. But eventually I don't want to mow lawns my whole life. Eventually, like I said, I want to be an owner of the lawn lawn mowing business, not a worker of it.
0: (laughs) Damn. So you want to be an owner of a lawn mowing business and you want to be a guide all season?
1: Entrepreneur, son. Hey, I just want to make money. Like you, I said, like I said at the beginning, like, um, and I actually think JR touched on this a little bit too. You, you have to almost run two groups a day in order to start making like 80, 90, hundred thousand dollars in profit. Yeah. You, you do. And I don't want to hit that point in five years. I won't hit that point to where I'm running two groups a day because out where, where we're at, it, it it's, it's my little. Paradise and it's amazing hunting, but I'd be 100% bullshitting you if you had a group of 20 guys. And if I told you, dude, we're going to shoot, both groups are going to shoot limits, dude. Like, <laughs> that's, that's probably a lie, man. Like, it, we have, we roost, we winter 50 to 75,000 birds, maybe upwards to 100,000 for sure within like a 10 mile radius. Right. And, and there's only three, four roosts. So the field hunting can get really good, but if we don't get any push, like the Montana boys, dude, Montana boys haven't even gotten a winner in the past two years. So their big geese are like, dude, why, why would we leave? We barely crossed the border, son.
0: (laughs) That's very true. I mean, I'd love to see the winter be harsh this year.
1: Yeah, I I've moved. I actually have moved to doing most of my clients in November and December which we used to not even book anybody until Thanksgiving.
0: Just because but, just because there's just not really good or great amount
1: of chances
0: of getting any birds.
1: Well, like, dude, growing up, we, the lessers kicked our butt, dude. Like, there's a lot, of, this is the classic pit in the ground, shooting big geese over 40 Bigfoots, and that's that's how it's worked forever, and so that's what everybody does. And there's actually quite a few locals that do it right but um the lessers kicked everyone's butt like and always just because like i said guys are running 40 Bigfoots and they're doing a deep honk like and you i'm sure like <laughs> you know that that's not going to work for little geese but we finally figured it out the last year uh we're like hey i i i finally convinced Krager especially after the dive bomb i before Dasher and them came out i convinced him i was like hey dude we need to at least buy solos and try them because that looks like so much less work than putting out full bodies and then so it, it worked and i finally convinced them to buy the socks a couple years later i was like dude i don't know man that's like every single time i see those texas boys the oklahoma boys they got them socks for them lessers so let's try it you know and i don't know if it was the socks or just throwing 75 to 80 dozen decoys but this this year no one out there hunted them like that and so we're out there kind of we were kind of just fun hunting because it's literally november 7th and like i said we don't even run clients until december 1st so we're all like oh you know we (laughs) we can shoot them up because we don't these aren't the birds we want around in December, anyways. You know that's thirty days from now. Mm-hmm. We got to keep the keep the pit fields full of corn because, dude, there were seeds of like ten thousand birds in the pit fields, and it's like, dude, we got to hunt it, man. There's like any corn left, <laughs> and uh, hey, we we killed the we we killed a lot of geese, A lot of geese, uh, enough to where we are starting to piss people piss some people off actually that hunted around us because they're like, you know, you guys have kind of kind of been hunting a lot we're like dude we have shot a limit every single day man (laughs) as soon as we don't shoot a limit we'll stop but like gosh dang (laughs) but yeah we were still hunting lessers in at the end of january or like middle of january we never got that push of big geese so i kind of just moved to the we're gonna hunt that first wave of birds when they're fresh and good and we're gonna hunt them hard and have good hunts and then uh kind of i booked weekends i did book weekends in january and december uh just because you know you need money to pay for leases and stuff but and you can have really really good hunting in december and january but you just need that cold weather if you get 50 degree days that's why i have guys book three days and i tell them like hey book three days and i and i bet you one of those days is going to be really good and the other two days are going to be okay and that's I I'm very, very upfront with people, you know, because they, they, do, they do see the spins on Instagram, the big spins and stuff. And you got to post them because, you know, it's a it's a social media world nowadays. And so you got to You got to get people's eyes on you, you know, but then you kind of got to once they're once they're booking, you kind of got to be more upfront with them and tell them like, hey, you know, this video that only happens to me six or seven times out of these 60 days that I do this, or it happens, you know, 10 times out of these 60 days that I do this. So I don't want you to get really bent out of shape if we don't get under a spin like this because it's a hundred percent weather driven. So we just need snow and then guys will hit me up and they'll be like, well, what's the best time, you know, for it to snow? I'm like, dude, I've literally shot snow field mallards opening day, October 28th. And I've seen it snow in May. So you need a crystal ball to tell me when it's going to (laughs) snow. So goose hunting, goose hunting, we can kill geese every day just because the geese are going to feed for sure. But the ducks, I don't know if it's hunting pressure or what, dude, but every single year we, we always like, I, we don't ever have any, even at the beginning of the season, we don't ever see ducks feeding during daylight without cold weather
0: so does this Which, season does this season look like almost good or bad with the drought that you've been having like, oh we it...
1: we're 100% uh irrigated so we uh the drought won't affect us at all oh okay like i said we are the only roost is is the river <clears throat> that's the only roost there is so it, the drought won't affect us at all everything's irrigated so there's no loss on any fields or anything
0: So do you, so do you constantly just fight for that, that, or keeping that roost like almost full or anything like that? Or is it just always just hunting those? Oh no, dude. Yeah.
1: It's, it's always hunting the feeds. I mean, we do have a river, a a river spot, but again, it comes down to, it's the only place to shoot ducks on the water. There's a blind every hundred yards. So they, they, they roost in the same three or four places every single year. And it's always, you know, there's a guy who owns three miles both sides and doesn't hunt it. That's, that's always their roost. It's wow. stuff like that. Uh, and so it, it is really frustrating because when guys drive back to town, you will see like 40,000 birds on your way back to town. Because they're all going to be on the river and you drive right by the river all the way to town, you know. <laughs> so when you, when you hit the points to where people can't hunt it, you will know. Like you will know. That's the one thing um, that I will tell guys. Though it's like, hey, worst case scenario, you're gonna see a hundred thousand birds, hundred percent. Like they'll 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 get up. I promise you, they'll get up. I do my homework. I scout enough. I'll put you underneath them. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we that's the 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 water hunting is really hard to get on. You're talking like twenty k for hundred and fifty acres. Really yeah every year
0: is it is it always a constant like every year it's just been like that that many birds
1: oh yeah yeah 100 percent. they uh back in like the 60s or the 70s a guy that i duck hunted on told me when they were in high school it wasn't cool to kill do- like <laughs> if you killed 100 ducks it wasn't even cool like you said it was like easy super easy
0: yeah, I just can't <laughs> see that. You know what I mean? Like I've seen so many photos of like those old black and white photos and there's just two guys sitting around like a hundred dead mm-hmm. ducks and it's like, how did you not just have a ball of a time?
1: Dude, I, uh, yeah. What ha- So there's a giant sugar factory in Scottsboro. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the 60s and the 70s, they dumped the sugar pulp, which sugar pulp, if you guys grow sugar beets up there, animals like sugar pulp deer elk ducks geese they love the pulp from the sugar beets and they used to dump that into the river so now you've got a river that's two inches deep a mile wide doesn't freeze and it's full of food (laughs) yeah that equals a lot of birds (laughs) and you're halfway up the flyway like you know you they only got to go western north dakota and then you're from south dakota so well, where are they going to go in the Badlands?
0: <laughs> Nowhere.
1: <laughs> Nowhere, dude. Nowhere. So when they hit us, they, they're they tired. And I've, they, a lot of the time, it's as far as they'll go. So
0: do you ever think it's going to change at all? Or is it always going to be, you know, almost just stacked and everything of that nature? Or do you think it might take a turn with like bird numbers honey- and everything? Th-
1: bird numbers it it won't bird numbers they'll always be there but the hunting pressure gets worse every single year but it's like that everywhere do you think the hunting but, pressure is going to
0: get to the point everywhere where it's like almost impossible for almost some people to enjoy it on the aspect of like it, doing it themselves
1: it already is that way in Scotts Bluff there's i i have seven different outfitters i compete with in one county so it, it's already there. I, I already have guys that message me and say that we ruined it out there. And it's it it, it it's been ruined since the grind came out. And I'm not saying I'm not saying on, on here that Angel Wing with the grind ruined Scott's love. That's not true. I'm just saying that, like, there's so many guide services out there. And we were definitely one of the last ones. But we're one of the biggest ones now. So I just like it. Yeah, I already have guys that tell me like, uh you know when i when i was 17 i guess it would be when we were 16 we 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 started field hunting see when we growing up or grandma has a piece of river ground on that river that we would kill we still can kill four or five hundred ducks on it a year so i mean as a kid that's plenty you know we we didn't do anything else there was no scouting it was just let's go to the river uh, and then we hit 16 and we're, and my buddy started farming and dude, I, I remember the first freaking time one of my buddies, he's like, Hey dude, I found a feed of like 2000 geese. We're going to hunt it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're going to freaking mop these things up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we killed like three. Cause you know, we're like 16 and we got the PC one and <laughs> yeah, but, uh, When we, when we figured it out, we, the big geese, when they showed up, man, and we could, we can hunt just about anything that we are scouting because we are like, four or five miles off the river. So half the time when you'd ask guys, they're like, you want to hunt out there? If you think you can kill something,
0: you know, and it's like,
1: oh, I know I can. I'm, I'm not asking you. I didn't come here, you know, and half the time before onyx i could literally call my buddy and say like hey i'm on i'm on county road j in 31 on the east side what what who owns this pivot and he's like oh that's 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 old james you know i'll give him a call and see what's up and then he would call me back like 30 minutes later and be like yeah we we can hunt it we can hunt anything anything of theirs literally like his dad had farmed his whole life his grandpa had farmed his whole life and then both my friends were farming for different farmers so between all of us, like we literally knew every single farmer. My first year in, in my guide service, I spent zero dollars on leases just because Craig worked for all the guys and they were tired of fighting. Like they're like, dude, I, and we tried offering them money. And he's like, you're my employee. He's like, as long as you're my employee, you don't got to pay for it. Like I, there's no fighting then. He's like, because I just tell people, no, my employees on it. And, you know, so that's kind of that also helped us in our start. We literally had our, our only overhead, like costs was decoys and blinds.
0: And then it, Other was just than an, that, it was just an immediate startup from that point on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had the clients, we had the ground to do it. And so we, we started with like four or five groups my first year, you know, and we made a little bit of money. Uh, I think we might have even came out negative just because we bought so much stuff, <laughs> which you kind of got to. I mean, you need you need the silos, the full bodies, the a frames, the floaters, because I don't know. You, you need all, need all the if tools that be... you can. You need all the tools. 100%. you One hundred percent. One hundred percent.
0: If you, if you can't if you can't use the tools to um, be successful and create those good hunts for clients, then you ain't gonna become, you know, the next level. You otherwise you're always going to be behind exactly. the whole time. Cuz there's a lot yeah. of different ways to fool a goose, as you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you want the clients to know that you're, that you legit tried your hardest to kill the birds, you know? Like if you're hunting over 10-year-old bigfoots, <laughs> you know, and the guys are paying $400 a day, it it kind of makes them scratch their head a little bit, which understandably so
0: and then there's a lot of guys that use those 10 year old bigfoots and they absolutely just murk geese and they murder them i don't get it they do i I mean i get it but at the same time it's like kudos to you you got it figured out i sure as hell don't have the fucking brain power to figure out how to use those and 10 year old bigfoots and fucking murk geese yeah what do you what do you usually make what do you mainly use out in your fields then for decoy-wise. The past,
1: two, the past two years, I've used pretty much all silhouettes, all dive bomb silhouettes. I mean, um, there will be times to where I will throw... If I'm not throwing dive bomb silhouettes, I'm throwing tangle-free full bodies. Do you like those? The tangle-free's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the price that we get them at, you can't beat them 100%. And I beat the shit out of mine, which I know... Um, i Dakotas would probably last longer, but
0: Definitely. they cost,
1: they cost me like a hundred dollars or $200 a dozen more. Yeah. So in the long run I get tangle freeze for 40% off. So I just, uh, use them for two years, sell them at what I got them for or sell them at 50% off and buy new, <laughs> which is I think what a lot of guys do.
0: Yeah. They end up doing that. Cause there's a lot of people that, that bite for them use decoys because it's like, it's a lot more and a lot cheaper the price. Cause they, they believe yeah. they can do just the same thing with them. And there's a lot of people that can, you know?
1: Yeah. And if you buy them from a guy like me, like I'm about to sell mine. Like I said, these past two years that I've had them, <laughs> I can count on maybe not one hand, but two hands for sure in the past two time to- in the past two years that they've been used. So like, they do have abuse, but quality-wise, I'd rate them seven or eight out of ten. Still, so it's a good it's a good price if you're paying fifty percent.
0: So do those do those dive bombs get a lot of longevity out of them then? Using them day in and day I mean, out.
1: Yeah, I I don't I bought bought the non blocked ones, mm-hmm. and I have had no regrets at all. No regrets at all, dude. I uh I just picked up the all the fully flocked black and white silos, mm-hmm. and they pop so good compared to the normal ones. It almost makes you not even want to throw the normal ones out.
0: What do you, <laughs> what do you, what do you tend to use those black and whites for, for more advantage wise out in the field?
1: So what I'm going to use them for where uh, a couple of our best fields are on like a plateau. So there's a really high point in both the fields and you can see like four or five miles. So I, I'm going to use them for visibility. Pulling birds in, um, pulling birds in that aren't, it's going to be for traffic hunts basically is what I'm getting at for trafficking birds that are not generally, not, you know, like flying necessarily right to your field, but they'll, they'll pop, get, get their attention. And I'm a big, big, huge promoter and do something different. Just do something different that not everybody is doing. You know, if the geese get up, and like I said, they see 40 or 50 Bigfoots nine times every day, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like throw some snow goose decoys, like 10 snow goose decoys in there, or like throw like we did all socks and silos, which they don't see that ever. I, I, I'm a huge, huge promoter in that. Like duck hunting-wise down here in the rainwater basins, um a lot of guys there are a dozen two dozen decoys and two spinners and i love so lucky duck made those the butt up things i don't know what they called them uh do you know what i'm talking about i guess i
0: i don't follow a lot of what lucky duck makes so but i do see i do
1: it's it's an agitator so like basically what it does is it's a butt up duck and it'll like shoot water and kind of move left to right, up and down, you know? Right. It, it's just wild, like a duck kind of diving down and getting getting food. My first year, Higdon runs pintails, so it's like a big, long black tail with a white underneath. And so that black-white flash of it going up and down and up and down, and then the water splashing. Mm-hmm. I, I just ran like five or six of those with all of my floaters and mushed them up, dude. And then the second year, we ran goose floaters people people thought we were crazy dude absolutely bonkers but it worked it worked really good so i a lot of the times man i sometimes you just gotta throw something different at them that they haven't seen
0: well yeah that's just it i mean as long as as long as you just throw something different, the worst it's going to do is maybe throw them off the first two flocks and then you just pull a few things and figure it out. But then again, if you pull something random out of your ass, it might fucking change the game for another year, another two years or something, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's what's fun about hunting and fishing. I mean, you, a lot of the times you just got to try something new and you you always got to be learning. If you're always learning, then you will definitely turn into a better hunter or a fisherman. Or anything, I mean, but yeah. So, what is one fishing? Of... I feel like you definitely, definitely, uh, a lot of times is like I'm just going to try this, you know. Like I, this looked good in the store, and then you catch something on it like right away, and you're like, holy crap, dude! Why didn't I buy ten more of these?
0: <laughs> yeah, fishing. Fishing definitely is another aspect of like you can't be you can't see what's going on. You know what I mean? That's, that's I know. <laughs> that's what's so awesome about fishing is like you when you do hook in, hook into a fish, it's like instant like gratitude like there is nothing more that's exciting well sorry never mind but that is exciting <laughs> as hell you know what I mean I almost contradict yeah myself what's your,
1: what's your what's your favorite way to catch walleye
0: oh all day just just jig it jig in a plastic and jigging ver- a plastic yeah vertical jigging on some treetops or something like that or any kind of submerged um structure I absolutely love pulling walleyes off of a submerged structure
1: oh yeah 100 percent casting and reeling walleyes is a ton of fun
0: yeah so i just caught my my pb this year it was 27 and three quarters with a just Jeez. the og black and white jig and wrap slow sinking and cast it up by some reeds let it drop twitched it twice and i thought that i had a i had a full set of reeds until that reeds started giving me some head shakes and i told everybody else <laughs> I, I told my two buddies on the boat i was like Get the fucking net. I ain't kidding you. This is a big one. They're like, yo, okay. And then they started seeing just these deep, slow, heavy head shakes, and they all started looking at the set edge of the boat. And it was awesome. I love fishing. Oh, yeah.
1: That's always – then the best is like, the best is always is get the net. Get the net. Get yeah. the net.
0: <laughs> you need to start saying, get the middle net it. when your friends are reeling in a small one.
1: Get the middle net. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm a big, big fan of trolling. Are you have you send, gotten
0: into pulling Plugs?
1: Bottom bouncers. Oh so that's what we grew up doing. We grew up bottom bouncers. Sure. Like literally, uh at Lake McConaughey, that's all we did growing up. Like and we slammed them, dude. Slammed them. I it still it still produces really, really well, but uh yeah. You big know? fan of opening the beer, setting the bottom <laughs> bouncer to where it's just it's just barely ticking along every once in a while and waiting for that baby to rip
0: well here i'm gonna give you a suggestion but it's nothing that i like but there's a lot of people around here in south dakota that they pull plugs and it's very efficient and you catch fish fast and and you can dial into them really really fast just pulling plugs Mm -hmm. lead core Mm -hmm. and pulling plugs and snap weights and fucking fire line
1: like by plugs you mean like crankbaits and stuff
0: yeah but there's like all sorts of different ones and I'm not, I, I can't help you on that at all. <laughs> See, what's awesome about like fishing for me is I just call my brother up and he is like an all-star in fishing and that's not even bragging towards him. The guy literally lives and breathes fishing. So if I want to go fishing, yeah. I just call him and be like, Hey, let's go fishing. He's like, all right, yeah, I got the spot. We're going to go. <laughs> it's just easy yeah.
1: shit. That's super nice to have with hunting and fishing to have someone that's like pretty I don't want to say gifted, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like they, you know, going with them, you're like, we are going to be successful. And if we're not going to be successful, it's neither of our faults. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Neither of our faults. That's like the greatest thing that you could, could have said about that. You know what I mean? And that's, I don't know. There's just, what do you enjoy the most about fishing? I mean, for fishing walleye, is it, is it the hook set or is it the constant head shakes or is it, I don't know. What is it for you?
1: Dude, I, I, could, I could eat them every, all year. Oh, I, I just like the – they're the one they're I – if if I liked eating ducks and geese as much <laughs> as I like eating walleyes, I would be in serious financial trouble. <laughs> <laughs> serious. I love eating them, man. Like I just get jacked. Like when we're catching them, I'm like, dude, I can't wait to clean no these things, shit. man. Yeah, like exactly. Like it's no, honestly one of the few wild game – like I do love eating deer – but don't get me wrong, like, when I shoot the deer, I don't get, like, pumped to clean it. Like, I'm not, like, jacked up to clean that thing, you know? I'm pumped to eat the jerky, but the walleye, I'll clean 100, dude. I don't care. I love it. I don't know why, but I just, I, I'm i obsessed with them.
0: <laughs> what is your guys' size limit and daily limit there?
1: Size limit is got to be longer than 15, and you can only have one bigger than 24, and you can have up to four per day. Oh, there so- are, like, there's a few lakes that have their own limit like there's one okay, lake in yeah. Nebraska to where you can only have like one fish and it has to be bigger than twenty one inches. So there's a few mm-hmm. lakes that have their own rules, but the statewide rule is fifteen inch minimum, four fish maximum, and one fish over twenty four.
0: Well you gotta get up here to South Dakota and, and we gotta go fishing because the fishing up Dude, here i don't here... even
1: want to say my personal best because i i'm not even going to say it because it's not even worth saying <laughs> why is that <laughs> because i guarantee you yours is like eight inches longer
0: oh shoot yeah and well i just caught mine my, my my personal best this year so don't feel too bad i mine's
1: I, mine's 22 and a half oh i haven't i've been i've been yeah dude i've been seriously i can't it. you've
0: been slacking i've been
1: seriously yeah uh chasing that 30 inch walleye and i think next year i'm just gonna cave and go to lake erie <laughs> <laughs> no you gotta you See, gotta, you gotta catch I, a
0: 30 in your home state
1: man uh you can do it at mcconaughey really easily and actually um a couple years ago i had never fished the spawn at mcconaughey and so you know i walked down there and my buddies were telling me that like dude you could catch a 30 inch fish 10 pounds easy right like yeah 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 i'm sure i'm sure so i go down there with my 10 pound test you know and my regular medium light pole (laughs) every fish i hooked into kept freaking almost spooling me or snapping me off dude like it was I had no idea the size, quality of fish that I was going to be hooking into. <laughs> wow. Lake, McCona- Lake McConaughey, luckily, I think it's like 26 miles of shoreline or something like that.
0: Of like public shoreline? And so,
1: oh, yeah. It's all public. And so and I think they stock like two or three million a year, maybe more, into it.
0: They must really want some fucking people to come there and go walleye fishing then.
1: Oh, dude it's it yeah it's the uh the state's baby 100 percent wow yeah you you can catch there's there's a couple guide services that guide on it you can catch one of my buddies was just out for his birthday on sunday and caught a nice 28 inch walleye or 29 i i kept facetiming him to wish him happy birthday and i kind of regretted that when he finally facetimed me back with that big giant fish i was like (laughs) oh well I was going to wish you a happy birthday, but never mind. I hope it wasn't a very good birthday, actually. <laughs> yeah, you bastard. <laughs> you got, you got yeah.
0: multi-species up there, or down there in Nebraska then, too?
1: Yeah, so around Lincoln, where I live, the walleye fishing sucks because it's all bass lakes. It's all, like, 20-foot bass lakes. Oh, okay. So ar- around Lincoln, you can catch—and I have caught probably— I took home 12 to 15 walleye out of the small lakes, but it's just not that good. But you can catch a ton of big crappies. Uh, you can catch 8 to 10-inch bluegills down here. Um, out west, where the walleye fishing is good, you can catch yellow perch and white bass. And big wipers, dude. Big wipers. Really? Oh, oh. I'm talking 30-inch plus wipers. Monsters. <sighs> absolute monsters dude because there's there's some type of bait fish called an alewife, or I, I don't know if i'm pronouncing that wife but it's a-l-e-w-i-f-e it's like alley wife or something and i guess like lake, lake makane is full of them like shot ch- like full of them so the fish eat really really well at lake mac
0: well i mean does that does those lakes always do well then
1: yeah lake mac will always do really good um See what what helps is the North Platte River. The Lake Mac is the North Platte River dammed up, and then if you follow it up into Wyoming, there's Glendo, and they stock like seven million walleye into it a year, and half of them run down the river into Lake Mac. So, the like Glendo helps stock Lake Mac at the end of the day. Honestly, a lot of their fish end up in Lake Mac.
0: Does does Nebraska do like kind of like a um. Like on their like website or, or do they have like a state website that for like see so like so for us like GFP, Game Fish and Parks for South Dakota, you can go on their website and see where they've stocked fish and everything. Does it give you can you go to like each lake and see if your state has yeah. like stocked it and everything?
1: Yep, yep. They they list like what species they've thought they stocked in it, what year they stocked it and how big they were when they stocked it. Do you guys have Yeah, any- you can go back all the way to like nineteen 19- 80 or something like that
0: yeah it's crazy how much their records go back just mm-hmm. it's awesome well for fishermen that is but so yeah. do you guys have um do you guys have lake trout or anything like that over there big enough lakes to to hold larger species like that
1: not lake trout on uh-uh. there's there's trout in nebraska but and there's wild trout but they're just rainbows and browns and right uh some cutthroats but mostly just rainbows and browns but another thing not very many people uh know about lake mcconaughey is super good for duck hunting super good now you're just giving Uh, away
0: all the secrets on here
1: (laughs) well dude i'm never gonna uh for for lake mac you gotta have a boat 100 percent um it's all public too the lake mac's all public so i i mean 26 miles of shoreline people in nebraska don't own boats that's what i'm uh, getting at <laughs> oh yeah
0: well none so of... your
1: only competition is going to be colorado guys because colorado is close you will you will have a ton of colorado guys and that's also why hunting in our area costs so much money is because a guy that lives in fort collins like front range mm-hmm. if they wanted to guide where i guide they would only have to spend an hour and a half two hours in the truck wow They already, if you look, they already do snow geese kind of close to where I, where I guide. So, uh, people that live in that area, they're like, huh, well, I could spend, you know, this much money in Colorado and shoot four ducks, or I could go to Nebraska and spend this much money and shoot 400 ducks. that's very (laughs) true. So that, that drives the price up as well. That's why it's not all the Outfitters fault. A lot of the locals think it is, but, but, uh, at the end of the day, I it's sad to say, but I don't even know without the outfitter, if we would have a whole lot of places to go anymore because most of the farmers uh, want money now, or, you know, we're really lucky that Crager and Jeff both work for farmers and they're very, uh, very dedicated to it. But so if you didn't have that, man, it's, it's tough to, you, you could get a field, you know, but you, you have just that one field for the whole entire year. So you might get a couple good days out of it for the whole year.
0: So do you, yeah. so how much do you have to travel out of Scott's Bluff then? Like how far Ooh. do you, no, I'm saying you, how far how far out of Scouts Bluff do you have to travel to, to get after these birds?
1: Um, man, sometimes I can shoot them, right outside the city limits and other times see the most i'll go is an hour both ways so i would say we hunt within a 60 by 60 mile radius
0: of like the actual town of scottsbluff
1: yeah because i just
0: have it pulled up on my maps right now
1: well actually actually i hunt i'll hunt from Morrill all the way to bridgeport so that's about hmm, an hour and a half two hours almost i don't know exactly how long it is but i'd hunt from the wyoming edge all the way past chimney rock if you're talking like nebraska landmarks
0: right dude scott's yep. bluff is a freaking drive from south dakota from, where <laughs> it's I'm a drive
1: at. from anywhere dude <laughs> it's out in the middle of nowhere gosh
0: <laughs> unless you lived in it
1: is the middle of nowhere unless
0: you lived in rapid city then scott's bluff would be reasonable but fuck i mean that's
1: yeah Oh yeah, so where do you- here in Lincoln in Kearney, like from Lincoln to like Kearney, the river you can kill, you can. There's guys that have a lot of success um, duck and goose hunting, and you don't see a lot of guide services, and that's because. And I can say this because, I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't want anyone coming to Nebraska. But if you come to Nebraska to freelance, it, you, you can have success, but it's going to be hard. And you, instead of like nine no's to one yes you're going to get like 99 no's to one yes just because again all there is is the river that's it so every duck and goose hunter in the state wants a spot on the river so and it's it's still really popular because people have been killing ducks and geese down there since the 60s so the owners know that it's good it's not you're not going to find uh you're not going to walk up and find someone that's like oh my property's good for duck hunting like they know (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> they know mm-hmm. so is this lake alice that i'm scrolling over right now is that kind of one of the main lakes that they sit on
1: lake alice and lake minotaur where's when minotaur, lake minotaur is open just east of lake alice there's like three lakes there oh, that okay. you see, see together yep lake minotaur uh will hold mm. if you look back at the if you look back in the DU reports, there's a guy from Scottsbluff that claimed that there was like 50,000 mallards on it. So there's, there's guys that claim that it can get up to 100,000 birds on it, but I don't know if that's true or not. They, there was like three or 4,000 that died um, on it because they never issued why, but I'm guessing it was because there were so many of them swimming in their own shit.
0: So it almost looks like most of these lakes are almost like 2 miles wide at the most part.
1: Yeah, not even. So
0: these yeah. are so these are lakes that you fish on and produce like great landing areas for for migrating geese and ducks.
1: Yeah, they're closed. You can't fish them while the ducks and the geese are here. Why? Once duck once duck season opens, the whole entire lake is closed. Really? Like it's it, it's illegal to drive into the lake unless you live on the lake.
0: Well, yeah. But it's
1: illegal to put your boat in until January – until duck season yeah. closes. The last day of duck season is when it'll open, and it's only open to ice fish. Do you
0: guys do a lot of ice fishing over there?
1: Um, No. I do I, a lot of ice fishing around Lincoln, though, because, dude, seriously, out in Scottsbluff these past two Januaries, it's been 40, 50 degrees more days than it's 30.
0: Well, if you want some cold weather, just jump a little bit further north into South Dakota as we always do. Oh, dude, that's
1: it. A, every single time I leave, leave Scott's Bluff, you know, I'm like, oh, man, that was that was a tough season, mild winter. Fuck. That really stinks. And I get to Lincoln, I'm like, okay, where did this two feet of snow and 20 degrees come from? Why can't I have that? Right. Yeah, dude, it, it makes it tough. But, uh, like i said the the goose hunting will always be there for us luckily um so that's what i book my clients on now is i tell them you're booking a dry field goose hunt with the small chance of a duck hunt but if the duck hunt like basically the way it works for us is we're either going to shoot a full limit of field ducks or we're not going to shoot any yeah <laughs> geese geese will shoot every day i mean but the the field ducks it's one of those things if it works you will not want to miss it but if it doesn't you know that's okay because there's goose hunting
0: well let's pray for some cold weather my man and let's pray for some yeah. cold
1: weather and if not i'm going to canada to punish the ass anyways <laughs> Hey. It's like, oh, you don't want to migrate? Well, guess what? I'm still coming for your ass. Here, so <laughs> I'm still coming, bro. So, well, wish you, the blo-
0: <laughs> wish you the best up in Canada, my man. And thanks for coming on. It's been a blast from the past, if I could say it less. Yeah. So,
1: no problem. We're gonna have to get on some walleye, dude. Dude, ducks and geese too, obviously. Oh Dutch wow! And geese yeah, I was gonna say but... you're gonna miss the duck and geese,
0: dude. Fuck.
1: Man. No, I would come, <laughs> man. Honestly, if I were you. I would try and come sometime in early December or like a late, late January mallard hunt because we can shoot mallards to like January 23rd or 24th.
0: All right. Well, count me in. I'll bring the gear down, my gun, the camera, and we'll just have a fucking blast of a time, my oh man.
1: Sweet. Once goose season ends, I'm going to come up there and we're going to ice fish. I want to catch oh, a walleye through the ice Yeah.
0: Well, I don't have any of the ice fishing gear, so we'll just have to... I'll just be like, "Jared, I'm bringing a random dude."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring I'll bring gear. All right, perfect. I got it. All
0: right, take care, Matt.
1: All right. Peace.